You are listening to the Demeter Research Market View podcast. I'm Matt Demeter, and with me is Alex Dvorkin. Each week, we follow the price action of currencies, commodities, and global stock markets, and we discuss their expected moves in the weeks ahead. We base our opinions on a unique form of technical analysis and on commitment of trader reports, which reveal the position of big banks, the smart money. Show notes can be found at demeterresearch.com audio. We welcome questions and feedback, positive or negative. Did we make a good call or a bad call? We're happy to stand on our record, so email us at matt at demeterresearch.com. How are you? Doing well. How about you, Alex? I'm doing pretty well myself. So b- before we get uh, to the stock market today, I, I want to ask you about something um, that we talked about on our first podcast, actually, which is artificial intelligence. And during the week, I had a blog post about a kitchen tool, a robotic kitchen tool that's going to be introduced, they're saying, about 2017, 2018, and it's going to be um, very cool. You can uh, kind of program it in order close to or you can program it to cook over 2,000 meals and for me personally you know that's that's another reason not to get married but um, and it might be for many other men but it's it's very fascinating how technology is changing I know you are pretty much an expert in that field and when I talked to you during the week you received um, a very interesting call from a machine that was almost human-like. Can, can you kind of tell our listeners about that and what you got, and then we can continue on with this um, AI stuff? Yeah, sure. First, I, uh, I I did like that video, that robot chef. That's that's pretty wild. I think you know more and more going that direction. And by the way, I'm not really an expert. It's just an area I really follow closely, so I don't know if that really qualifies. Well, I, thank you for saying so. I I, I think you are. You, you know a lot more than. Than most people, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm getting one of those things. I really need it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, to make a long story short, I got a call from a company selling home uh, security systems, and uh, the voice sounded a lot like Siri. So she started with her spiel, and before she could go very far, I asked, "Is this a human being?" <laughs> and she replied, "Do I sound that bad today?" And so at that point, it got me going a little bit, thinking, oh, this might actually be a person. Right. Um, After a a little more of her speaking and me responding, it became clear that this actually was a robotic system or some sort of uh, software and not a human. Uh, But I can can imagine that if you uh, had some improvements, some minor tweaks, it could actually get somebody going for quite a while, at least for uh, a short conversation. Basically, it was a machine, but you couldn't figure it out for for a while that it was. No, yeah, that's right. It confused me for a little bit because it it may have been very uh, narrow what it could reply to, but I'm sure I'm not the first person to have asked it if it was a human being or not. Okay. So it probably had, you know, some sort of recognition for that question. Okay. And I I actually have quite a bit of experience in that uh, area because when I I used to have my uh, technology company, I used to run a call center. And we would call, so um, that's that's quite surprising. The technology is getting that good, where an actual machine can have a conversation with you. So that's uh, that's another area where a lot of people are going to lose their jobs, I guess, over the next ten to twenty years. Absolutely, I mean, probably faster. 
I mean, call, call center jobs have already been outsourced to India pretty much, and, and now... Yeah, India be, and Philippines, yeah. Yeah, and they'll be brought, they'll be, I don't know if they'll be brought back, so to speak. They'll just be, you know, just be handled by a program. Probably. Yeah, by software. So that whole, that, you know, whole sector is, it's not a surprise it's going to go. But, um, you know, what really is going to take out a lot of jobs is self-driving cars, you know, the Google car. Uh-huh. Uh, who knows with robotics in terms of cooking and that sort of thing. But transportation is the, the largest employer as an industry in the U.S. So, I mean, that's 3% of the, of the workforce. So you're talking about truck drivers and, and you know, taxi drivers, limo drivers, any, anything where you're transporting anything, really. Yeah, and, uh, it's 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 quite interesting what's going to happen, and uh, quite a few people talking about it. And we we already have the technology, basically. It's just uh, you know it's at that stage where it, it needs just a little bit of improvement, and then market adaptation, uh, and everybody else is being okay with it, I guess. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Trucks already can can already tr- drive across the country, t- from what I'm hearing, and park themselves and and deliver goods and all of that stuff. So. Um, yeah, and it, you know what? It's not just direct transportation. It's not just the guys driving the trucks or people driving cars. I mean, think about the fact that if you want to go to the grocery store, you know, you have to drive there, you, you pick up your groceries, and you put it in the trunk of your car, and then you leave. I mean, if you don't actually have to physically go to the to the grocery store, you could just send your car. The <laughs> car could pull up. No, the car could pull up behind the grocery store, right? And the same robotic arms. That you're showing are similar robotic arms that uh, shown in your video. Uh, just you know, move whatever uh, products you want into a bag or into a box. Trunk pops open, and then you know they put it in, and and the car drives back. You don't even have to go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. So, so so what does that do? To, what does that do to the staff at the grocery store? There's yeah. like one guy. There's one guy to service the machines, and now you don't need these wide aisles anymore either. So I mean, you could be. It, the costs could really drop, uh, but think about those grocery store jobs that would, would be gone too. Yeah. But there's going to be the overall effect of just one industry like transportation, it will affect jobs downstream. Absolutely. Related to it, yeah. No, that's that's definitely a fascinating future. Um, how do we make, make money out of it? I mean, obviously it's going to take many years to kind of transition into that period of time. Do you, do you see any... Well, what do you mean by many years? I mean, I don't think it's going to be that many. Well, five to ten, probably. Okay, yeah. Then um, that's many. Then yeah, about five to ten. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. But I don't know. Uh, what's that cartoon? I think it's called Wally. It, 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 do you know what I'm talking about? It's the. It, the movie? it seems like yeah, yeah, the car- cartoon or slash movie. Um, it appears we're going to be moving in that direction where the society is going to become just absolutely lazy and machines going to take care of us. Um, so that's that's going to be interesting to see. But I mean, one I thing, I'm not, I'm not getting one of those self-driving cars. No way. I'm, I'd rather <laughs> get a you know 1956 uh, Mustang and I'll put a 8V8 vention into that thing and I'm going to drive like a all right, there you go, <laughs> like a maniac. But uh, yeah. There's also advantages to, you know, think about all the drunk drivers out there. If they had a self-driving car, they could go drink as much as they want and not kill people. True. So um, that's the upside. <laughs> the upside is more drinking. Great. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
might as well. Well, uh, let's, let's get to the, the to the stock market because right. the, the the only thing that AI is good for is more drinking. That's that's that the bottom line. The bottom line of that. Yep, okay. <clears throat> that's my final analysis, and I'm sticking to it. So let's okay. let's let's get to the stock market. Let's get to the CRT reports. Um, that's the f- first thing we talk about. If you're not familiar with our podcast, basically CRT reports stand for Commitment of Traders, and we look at what the commercial interests are buying. Basically, we, we want to be on the same side as as the big guys because sooner or later. The stock, whether it's the stock markets or currencies or commodities, they eventually move in a direction uh, that commercials not necessarily want them to, but they take a position in. So, uh, Matt, what do you see? Do you see anything new uh, or any significant changes from what we talked about last week? Yeah, well, I'd like to focus on the currencies first, which is what I typically do. Uh, I haven't uh, checked the commodity side uh, but I don't think, I, as far as the, the things I watch, I don't think anything is uh, at uh, so close to a pivot point that they need to, we need to talk about COTs for commodities. Okay. So just, so just focusing on currencies this week uh, and maybe a couple other things. Uh, British Pound, the commercials bought 7,000 more contracts long okay. net. So now they're up to 110,000 contracts long net. So that's a significant uh, position. Yeah, it's a significant position, uh, and that their long position uh, accounts for 50% of long side open interest. Okay, wow. So that's big. Uh, looking at the euro, euro pretty much stayed flat as far as uh, positioning, but uh, I hadn't mentioned this before. The commercials are uh, net long about 30% of open interest. Okay. Which is still, you know, it's still they're bullish euro, uh, but they're obviously more bullish pound because they're they have a greater per, uh, percentage of the market in pound. Right, and if if I remember correctly, Australian dollar had a huge long position as well. A huge long position in Australian dollars. Uh, they increased that 7,500 contracts, and they're up to about 127,000 total. Okay. That constitutes 70% of the long side open interest. Okay. Wow. That's, they're, they're, they're playing big time there, 70%. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not a sure bet, but it's from, from that perspective alone, it's pretty much as close as, close as you get, right? To, right. In, in, in assuming that uh, Australian dollar is going to go up. That's about as bullish as I've ever seen anything. In terms okay. of percentage and concentration, uh, U.S. dollar index futures were about flat for the week, but they do have a, a very large position, which constitutes about 60 to 61 percent of the short side uh, open interest for the dollar. So they're heavily short dollars and long everything else, which is what we've been talking about for right. weeks. As I said last time, I and thought you, that you, yeah, you you think the dollar has topped. You you talked about last week that. You know, we we might about top out again and, and decline. And by the way, great call on that. Thanks. Yeah, no, I was cautious about the fact that we might go a little bit higher in the dollar index, and I still think that's possible. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, got high enough that we did start hitting, you know, some important lines that I have. They weren't all hit, uh, and it's possible that they can't all be hit because to get to certain some higher lines, you have to go through lower lines. Right. 
I think there's a good, a very good chance the dollar has peaked. If, if I'm going to be wrong on that one, as I said last time, you could get another 3% higher move. So we got to about 100, 101 in the dollar index. Okay. We could get up to, you know, I'm, I'm looking up at around 103, 104 max. Okay. So we, we got real close and, uh, that's a much larger margin of error than I'm, you know, comfortable saying, look, we talked. But I think in this case, the downside in the dollar is so large that if, if we actually do go up to 103, 104, it's not going to make that much of a difference. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So that's, that's why I made the call on last week's podcast. Okay. Conversely, I think there's a very good chance we just saw, you know, that reversal bottom in, uh, the British pound. Same thing with the euro. And Australian dollar's been moving up. Uh, I said it was sitting on a line last time, a support line, and it hasn't broken that. So I'm under the assumption that Australian dollar, again, is very close to a low if it hasn't already bottomed. Okay. That makes sense. It appears we are at a very important kind of pivot point for right. many of the markets out there, not only you know in currencies but commodities as well. The only thing that might argue against that is is gold. And I said there's a high correlation between gold and the Australian dollar. And gold, I don't think, has bottomed. It had, in my opinion, hit a very important uh, target line that could have bounced it, that could have, you know, been the bottom for that market. Right. Um, and yeah. it held. It held for months. That was back in uh, November of last year. Okay. Uh, it, held, it held for many months. Then it broke the support line, and that was a really important support line. So now it's to go to the next one down. So I, since that, since it hasn't achieved that that next target down, does that mean a dollar has one more rally higher? Does that mean that the Australian dollar has to fall one more time? Maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, gold hasn't done anything. Um, if you following gold, hasn't done anything for a um, couple of weeks now. So it might be in a process of rolling over again. You're absolutely right in terms of that. It could be going to hit a lower low. And like you said, I'm not sure what that's going to do to to the Australian dollar. But at the same time, they even though there's a correlation, it doesn't have to fire off every single time. So, no. and it's not a perfect correlation. I mean, if it was 100%, then obviously I would be more sure about it. But I, the way I'm looking at it is that there's a very plausible chance that the Australian dollar has just bottomed. Okay. And gold just needs more time to, you know, on its own finish its pattern. Yeah. All right. So the kind of to to summarize, you know. Uh, the the not the not necessarily the recommendation, but what the big guys are doing is they are shorting uh, the dollar and they're going long the Australian dollar and the British pound and uh, the euro to a certain extent. So that's going to be or it appears we are the significant turning point for for the currencies. So that's something to watch over the next couple of weeks and month. Uh, right. Then staying on the COTs, moving to uh, emerging markets. I mentioned it last week that the emerging market futures, the commercials had gone pretty heavily short. Yes, you did. And, and they that, that constitutes uh, 51% of the short of the, of the overall open interest. Okay. So they're pretty heavily short emerging markets. Then we also talked about volatility futures. Right. That was, that was another standout. Volatility futures, the commercials have really ramped up their long positions in volatility. 
Okay. They did a complete 180. They used to be heavily short, now they're heavily long volatility. So that suggests, you know, a, a move up in volatility and a move down in the uh, overall stock market. Okay. That makes perfect sense to me, to be honest with you. So. Right. And shooting it back over to you, what do you think about uh, the stock market? Well, you know, we obviously had a pretty pretty significant move this um, um, this Friday, so I'll talk about that in a second. But overall, I, I can't really give specifics because of my subscribers, but um, I just like to point out a couple of uh, very important very important developments in from a technical perspective. Because fundamentally speaking, we are in a significant overvaluation bubble. I, I make it clear in my blog. I, I talk about it all the time. I think we are in the same position we were at 2000 top and 2007 top. So that's fundamental. Uh, technically speaking, um, there are a couple of very interesting patterns. Uh, on the NASDAQ, for example, we're developing almost a perfect head and shoulder pattern. And for those of you who are not familiar with what that is, basically it indicates. Now, it doesn't fire off all the time, but... Uh, when it does show up in the market and it does fire off, um, it typically means that um, a significant down market is about to start. So we're looking at that on the NASDAQ. On the S&P and the Dow, we have almost a perfect uh, rising wedge pattern that extends a couple of weeks or months into the future. But essentially, it indicates as well that once that pattern completes, uh, we should have some sort of a significant sell-off. And I think that goes back to the, what you talked about in terms of uh, the volatility index um, and the commercials taking a very heavily or very heavy long position in that. I think we are approaching a very important point in both price and time where we're going to have a significant bear market over the next couple of years. And I make... Uh, I don't hide that information. Uh, I make it very clear that we're going to have a significant bear market over the next two years, and I think we are approaching uh, the top or the tops of, of on various indices that, uh, when fired off, will will have significant declines going well into the future, so to speak. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well. Going back to the volatility, I don't know if I mentioned it, but they did increase, uh, the commercials did increase their position by 11,000 contracts. What's up the... To now, up to now 90,000. 90,000 contracts. So that's yeah. a that's a pretty significant uh, position. Right. They keep, uh, they keep adding, so it's, it's, it's they're not backing off. And uh, do, do you know um, how many of them? Is it one or how many of the commercials are, are doing that, or is it just overall they they doing it? Or you don't have to break down well, individually. It's pretty well diversified. It's uh, 20, 20 traders. 20 traders, okay. 20 commercial traders. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously we, we had a pretty big move on, on Friday that okay, many people blame many different things. You know, was it China? Was it Greece? Was it something else? But essentially, I think investors who anticipate this market to go out much higher from this point on, which is, I would say, 90 to 95% of investors out there today are playing with fire. I think, we, we you know, going forward, we'll, we'll see a lot more of such moves, and all of the gains that we've experienced over the last couple of years will be wiped out within a relatively short period of time. So my only advice is be very careful, understand that we are the 
kind of important juncture we are in the bubble make no mistake about that and uh, kind of protect itself and I, I think you know the commercials buying so many volatility contracts are a clear indication of the same thing to be honest with you so right one thing I wanted to correct from uh, our last week podcast was I said that uh, the DAX volatility German DAX volatility had uh, had further to fall. Okay. And that wasn't that wasn't DAX volatility. I was looking at that was Eurostox 50 volatility, uh, which I don't know if it's splitting hairs. It, it isn't really uh, because they are a little bit different. But when you look at these European indices uh, in U.S. dollar terms, they may look relatively steady and they may even go up because the euro is going up. Okay. So that might be masking something, but. That Euro stocks 50 volatility has further fall, not necessarily DAX volatility. Okay. So that makes sense. Okay. Um, anything else you'd, you'd like to add in terms of the stock market? You, are you seeing any anything that I'm not seeing? No, I, I, I agree with you, and I think that we're close to really important highs. There's a few markets where I wasn't totally uh, satisfied with the top that we got, so I, I would be happier if we went a little bit higher. Okay. I don't, uh, you know, we came very close in a few markets. Nikkei is one that I think came very close, but I don't think it quite hit where I wanted it to go. But the margin of error there is pretty tight, and we just barely missed getting into the margin of error. So overall, I agree. I think that we either we have either topped or we've come very close to an important top. Okay. That's, uh, I agree with you 100%. That makes perfect sense to me as well. Okay. I want to kind of talk about the, the macroeconomic issues very briefly, uh, or geopolitical. So, you know, Greece obviously is important. Um, nobody really knows what's going to happen. Uh, there's certain, well, at least the bond market is saying that, uh, you know, the chance is high they're going to default. Uh, what's going to happen there? It's a fluid situation. Nobody really knows or has the answers, but it has the ability to, to move the market one way or another. Uh, so pay attention to that. Another very important situation is the situation in Ukraine. I've maintained for over probably close to 18 months now that the red line that Russia has is no NATO troops on, Ukra on Ukrainian soil. And basically what happened on Friday is, or Thursday or Friday, is the U.S. sent and Canada sent in NATO troops, or more specifically American troops, to quote-unquote train Ukrainian troops. And I think that's a significant or that's a huge mistake by NATO because I think that's going to accelerate uh, the, the conflict in Ukraine over the next couple of months. And it might actually... Um, explode into something much, much bigger. So watch that because there's going to be a response from Russia. That situation is very dynamic and uh, it can go and blow sky high. So overnight, literally. So watch that very carefully. That's pretty much it in terms of um, what's happening next week. Nothing much. We have durable goods on Friday. That's pretty much it in terms of big news uh, coming out. Uh, but once again, um, I'm going to say the same thing I said last week, earnings. We're going to have a ton of earnings come out. We're going to see how companies are doing, whether or not the currency had an impact, whether or not the economic slowdown that we've experienced over the last couple of months will have an impact on earnings. What we've seen so far is 
what's kind of been expected. A lot of companies are squeezing their accounting practices and, and trying to, you know, they, they're not doing very well on the revenue side, so they're trying to squeeze as much profit as they can on, on the bottom line. And some of them are being successful and some of them, some of them are not. That's probably going to continue. The stock market's going to react to that, obviously, and we'll, uh, maybe Friday's sell-off was the first shot we'll see next week but it's very very important in terms of earnings so watch for that that's pretty much it we had a question from uh one of our listeners right matt i think you uh, got it so um go ahead and shoot it at me and i'll i'll try i'll do my best to answer it sure this uh, question is from kim she owns uh netflix and she says can netflix continue to rise even if the overall market sells off um of course uh, that's that's the short answer in terms of if we look specifically at Netflix. Of course, it has a it had a big jump uh, on uh, this week. I think on Thursday or Friday. Uh, let me pull up the chart one one second. Yeah, so there was a big jump on on Thursday uh, because of earnings. Well, uh, not necessarily earnings. They're burning through a lot of cash, but they they were able to use that cash to accelerate their subscriber growth. So that's the outcome uh, on the stock jump significantly higher. But to, to answer your question, Kim, yes, absolutely. Typically, when we are in a bear market, a bull market, about uh, de- depending on, on the extent of the, of the market at the time, usually between 60 to 80% of the stocks move with the overall market, whether up or down. And then you have a 20% variance, you know, depending on what the actual fundamentals of the company are, then they move in the opposite directions. But in terms of Netflix, I think, um, well, at least when I did my study of uh, 10 baggers, which are companies that appreciate, uh, you know, 10 times or more, usually they are speculative. So when a bear market happens, they usually decline at X multiple to the market. So, for example, if the market's going to go down 30%, it is highly probable because Netflix is, uh, from my vantage point, is highly, uh, well, uh, is overpriced and highly speculative. It's likely to decline maybe, you know, 40 to 50%. At the same time, if the stock is not ready to go down, it can decline less than the market. So that's going to be up to Netflix. But to answer your question, um, Basically, yes, it can go up, but chances are it's going to go down more than the market. So, okay. Do we have anything else we need to cover? No, I think that's pretty much it. You know, I think we shared quite a few uh, excellent investment ideas, both on currency side and stock market side. So, I think hopefully our listeners can can make some money off of it. Um, I don't have anything to add. Do you, Matt? No, I think that we. Uh we, we've been hitting this, the, the same theme uh, for a few weeks now over uh, this currency uh, change that will uh, eventually hit, and uh, as well as the stock market nearing uh, a significant high. So I think yeah. we, we hit that again. And I think it's important to, to kind of know that it, it takes time. You know, uh, a lot of people anticipate us to talk about you know currency or stock market, and they anticipate that move the following day, but. Um, if, if you've been in the stock market for any period of time, you know that it takes time. So be patient. Uh, these are, we're talking about huge moves of at least 10% or more. Uh, and they, they, they do take time and uh, to play out. So with that said, um, um, 
I'd like to thank you for coming out and listening to our podcast. Please send us your questions. We'll go through the questions. We'll bring them to the podcast. And hopefully you can join us again next week. Thank you very much for coming out and have a wonderful weekend ahead. Bye-bye.